All right, everybody. Welcome back to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis III, co-hosting with Haggai Davis II, and we would like to thank you for joining our show. Tech Gumbo is a conversation about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. We also want to thank our sponsor, Cardinal Capital. They connect businesses to capital. It does not matter what business you are in, Cardinal Capital has the resources all across the United States that are willing to help fund organizations of any size, life cycle, category, or location. Cardinal Capital works with you to craft the best commercial finance package for you to achieve your business goals. Whether you're looking to refinance your current debt because of the new government programs and the favorable interest rates, or you're trying to finance new equipment or maybe acquire another business altogether, Cardinal Capital has the resources to make it happen. When banks cannot do a loan, they seek out Cardinal Capital to help. The Cardinal Capital guys are easy to work with and fun to be around. Contact them today at 225-308-3700 or send them an email at info at cardinalcap.net and they'll be happy to help you with your commercial finance needs. So each week we take a listener question about a topic that was sent to us via text at 225-255-0431. And the question this week is, I want to switch cell phone carriers. What do I need to know? Part of the reason that we picked this one is that I actually just went through this. And so I'm in a good position to be able to provide you some insight here. So the first thing you have to do if you're going to switch cell phone carriers is you have to do some research. You've got to do a little bit of homework. You've got to figure out, okay, if I'm with carrier call it AT&T, and you're going to switch to Verizon or switch to T-Mobile or with T-Mobile and switching to or any combination of the three. Will I get good service where I need to use the phone the most is the first question you have to ask. Yeah, because each one of these different carriers is good in some places and bad in some places. And none of them is 100% and none of them is 0%. And so you have to figure out where are the places where you want it the most, where are the places that are most important to you, and who provides coverage there. Absolutely. We have said this for years. Cellular providers, internet service providers, telecommunication companies in general are all great, and they all suck. It just depends upon the day and what's happening in the immediate area around you as to which one you're going to get at that given moment. So you can be standing in the exact same spot on a Tuesday and AT&T is going to suck. But on Wednesday, it's going to be great. And on Thursday, in the exact same spot, Verizon is horrible. And on Friday, it's amazing. And on Saturday, T-Mobile is going to be great. And on Sunday, it's going to suck in the exact same spot. So you can't sit there and say on this one specific snapshot of a moment, this is now the perfect scenario. Right, because that's just not realistic. The carriers, the cell phone carriers, the cell signals, they fluctuate. And so you have to know on a average basis. Look at, there's, there's, there's carrier maps out there where you can see cell coverage by the cell site. In your area, in your neighborhood, where you work, where it's most important to you, and look who has the densest coverage, who has 5G coverage, who has just 4G coverage. Is there any coverage where you are? And so if you're 
in in an area uh, maybe it's a little more remote and you're with a carrier that doesn't work very well because there's not a cell site near you but there another company would maybe that's important to you you have to go and look absolutely and none of this is guaranteed so then once you you've picked your carrier you know where you're going then you need to make sure you bring everything with you if you go into the store probably good to bring your old phone bring your own old bill with you but you know make sure that you have your account numbers on your bill but the specific account numbers because if you have multiple things bundled together sometimes they can be classified differently and so it's important that you know exactly what it is the new carrier needs and exactly where that is from your old carrier that's right so if you get hypothetically your your internet your your cable tv and your cell phone are all with at&t and you're switching your cell phone to verizon you may have three separate account numbers on that bill print out your your copy of your your bill and bring it with you you also need to know the pin code to be able to swap those numbers around if you're wanting to to transfer your number right normally there's some sort of, of small four or six digit code so that way that you can verify that you know, it doesn't have to be the original account holder. It's just someone else can perform transactions on the account. Another thing is if you're switching phones, which you likely will have to do, back up everything on your old phone. Some phones will do it automatically, but some phones won't. Save all your text messages, your pictures, your emails, you know, all of your apps. Have all of that ready. Don't delete that and be prepared to sit there and transfer all of it over to the new one. Your phone is a hub in your life. Because you can't just automatically switch one carrier to the next and think your phone is going to work. There are some some technologies where, not to get too deep in the weeds, but if you're on AT&T or T-Mobile, they use what's called GSM. If you're on Verizon, they use CDMA. And... CDMA is is code division, multiple access, and GSM is global system for mobiles. And so it's it's kind of like the difference between Latin and Chinese. They're 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 languages, but they're not very close to one another. And so one phone is coded to work this way, the other phone they're coded to work that way. So you can't just say, hey, I've got my AT&T phone, I'm switching to, to Verizon. I want my phone to work on Verizon. And so whenever you go to Verizon, sit there and ask them about porting your number. That way you are transferring it over and you keep that same number. Because my guess is that you've had your cell phone number for at least a decade now. And that everyone no longer knows what your actual cell phone number is. They just have you saved in their phone as your name. And that's all they ever know. And so if you were to ever change it, all of a sudden, no one would be able to contact you anymore. So keeping that same number in the transition is very important. Absolutely. Because honestly, if you asked me right now, what is your cell phone number? I would not know it because you're in my phone. I, you're a, a smart dial. I just I, you know click, click on your name and it dials you. Keeping your phone number is important and you absolutely can take your phone number with you. It is a, a federal law that allows you to transfer your phone number. It is your phone number to keep to take with you where you go. Then whenever you go, maybe that the new company has deals on trade-ins. 
to, for example, I even my three and a half year old Samsung Galaxy Eight, I got four hundred dollars for it, and so that is something you should look into. Is is your new carrier offering trading deals right now? Were they offering trading deals in the past? Can you wait a few months to see if the deals get better or maybe the deals get worse? That's something to think about because that four hundred dollars that I got. That's pretty nice, and so maybe that affects your budget. You can't always believe the commercials, and you know, oh well, we'll eight up to eight hundred dollars. Well, that up to is that's that fine print stuff that you got to worry about. I just went through an upgrade on my phone. I stayed with the same carrier, and my iPhone eight plus, I got a whopping three hundred dollars for my phone to to go to the new iPhone thirteen. You know, yeah, that was that was a nice little additive, but they allow you to hold on to that phone for about a month so you can make sure you transfer all of your data, make sure that anything that you need, you can pull up apps and see what apps you still need. But before that 30 days is out, you want to make sure you send that phone in or take it back to the to the store. Absolutely. And it's important also if you think about any two factor authentication you have. We talk a lot about making sure you have two-factor authentication. If you know you have stuff set up to send the push notification to your phone, wherever Microsoft Authenticator comes down and you have to press accept, it's really important that you get that set up on your new phone before you get rid of the old one because those are really difficult to recover otherwise. There's a, there's a lot of stuff that happens on your phone right now that you might not even think about because it's just so many different things. But holding on to that phone for a couple of days, keeping it charged, looking at all the notifications that come in, looking at all the things that it does, and making sure you have all of them ported over is important. And so once you've had your your new phone for about a week, maybe two weeks, and you've got you're comfortable, you've got all the things moved over that you need, before you send that phone in, you want to make sure you take it back to factory resets. That is how you know that. The whoever gets your phone won't have anything from you that you don't want them to have. When you do a factory reset, it takes your phone all the way back to the way it came out of the factory. None of all of the information, all of your banking information, all of your emails and passwords and everything, all of that gets erased. Very, very important. Do the factory reset before you send your phone in. Absolutely. We talked about the story a few months back wherever someone sent her phone into an Apple affiliated repair store and they found pictures of her and those pictures got leaked. And so just take the step to protect yourself, hard wipe the phone, set it back to zero so that there's nothing embarrassing, nothing that's going to expose you, that you you are secure whenever you put that back in that box or put that you know back in the hands of the, the whatever employee, you're not gonna get in trouble with it. And it's not a bad idea to go ahead and take the SIM card out as well and then just break that SIM card up. Whether there's any real information on it or not is irrelevant. SIM cards are cheap and it's a good idea to, when you send that phone in, send it in factory reset with no SIM card. Right. Because the reason they want it back is they want the hardware right now. We talk so much about the, the global's chip shortage there are a lot of pieces of that phone that are reusable, you know, once it is fully reset, 
And so that's that's why they are giving such great deals right now. It's because of the ability to go in and pull a lot of the tech out and recycle it. Not all of it is recyclable. And so that is why we're making that distinction there. And and not always do they recycle the phones. Sometimes they send those phones to third world countries where they don't have the new 5G technologies yet. And they still need hardware that still works on the older cell sites. So there is a lot of good reasons to send your phone in. Don't throw it in the garbage can, please. Oh, yes. Uh, there, there are good reasons other than the check that they're writing you. There's actual good reasons that have external benefits. Thank you to the listener that sent in that question. Your coffee mug is on its way. Yes, when you send in a, a question as a question of the week, we will send you a Tech Gumbo coffee mug. It's a big 20-ounce beautiful mug with our logo on it. And so that, that mug is going out this week in the mail. Moving into the, the second story we want to talk about here on this show today, we wanted to get into the idea of making money as an influencer, as a YouTuber, as an Instagrammer, as a TikToker, as a whatever. We just wanted to, to dive a little bit into this and, and talk about what do the numbers look like and what can you do in order to push yourself closer to that market? When you start looking at some of the things like there's this young woman, Charlie D'Amelio, who is a dancer on TikTok, and she made $17.5 million last year. That's pretty good. When you start seeing the names of a whole bunch of these influencers on TikTok that are making more money than the CEOs of Starbucks and Exxon and Delta Airlines and McDonald's, that kind of catches your attention. It is important to note that that money wasn't just paid to her directly by TikTok. A lot of the money comes from she has 133 million followers, and so she has her own clothing line. She promotes products in TikTok videos, and there's other ads as well paying her. So she's got multiple different streams of revenue coming in here. But $17 million, that's a, that's a pretty good 2021. But not to be outdone, the highest paid female YouTuber in the year 2021 is a seven-year-old who made $28 million last year. YouTube has, because it's just older, it's more well-developed. The highest paid YouTuber earned $54 million, and you have about 10 people who all sit between that 54 and that $17 million. But the fact that the highest paid woman was seven is ridiculous. When you start looking at Mr. Beast and Jake Paul and Markiplier and Rhett and Link, and that's just some of the... The top names, these are people making 54, 45, up, upwards of $20 million as YouTubers. And not everybody who has a YouTube channel makes millions and millions of dollars. Let's be clear there. Oh, the, these people are absolutely outliers. There are millions, if not billions, of YouTube accounts, and this is the top 10. So you can sit there and start to do the math on what the percentage breakdown is. So if you're going to try and set out your your career, you're going to try and make a, a go at being a social media influencer and go make your living instead of being an accountant or a, a banker or a lawyer or a doctor or whatever 
frontline employee at a, at a grocery store. If you're going to go be a, a, a TikToker, YouTuber, in, Instagrammer, what are some of the things that you really need to do to be able to do this and do it right? The first one is find the platform that most makes sense to you. It, it really works to, to pick one and to hone in on one because each of them work a little bit differently. They have a little bit different markets that you're advertising to. Their algorithms work a little bit differently. And so getting really good at one is the best way and then have that spill over into others eventually. But 82% of people said that Instagram was their number one platform. That's right. So if you're if, like, I like to watch the sailboat channels on YouTube. And so if you, most of those are about 20 minute videos. Well, you can't do a 20 minute video on, on TikTok. So if you're trying to create that kind of a platform, understand where it works. You, you're not going to do 20 minute videos on Facebook. That's a YouTube thing. Know where your platform is, know where you will work best. Then you can look at doing different things in order to look at your metrics. So the metrics are how a lot of this stuff gets actually funded. You have to be able to show how much engagement do you have? How much traffic or clicks? How many conversations? How do you convert ads into product sales? These are the numbers that whenever you go talk to modern advertising departments and they, you say, hey, can you sponsor me? They're going to ask to see these things. They're going to want to know how effective are you? How many people are you reaching? You know, what kind of return are they going to get for their money? You have to know how much value you bring. If you're getting 100,000 views per week on, on your videos, okay, you're an influencer. And, and you have to do certain things like give away free coffee mugs if you send us a question of the week. Do things yeah. to get your, your people engaged with your show. You also can look to partner, make partners with different brands out there, brands that make sense for your product. You know, if you are a fitness person and, and you're going to try and make your mark as a fitness person, all right, look to see are there protein shakes that you can market. Look to see is there workout equipment that you can market. Because if you're a fitness person and you're, you know, all, all you're posting is food pictures, well, you know, those are kind of mixed messages there. You really have to look at this as a, a job that you're doing and you have to think about it in those kind of rigorous terms and make sure that you are staying on brand and on message and you're being disciplined in your communications. And use lots of hashtags. The magic number is seven hashtags per post is going to give you the most coverage, get you the most ex viewers to get you to where you need to be. However, don't go too many more than that because research shows once you get above eight, there's a steep drop off because it starts to get marked as spam. And you don't want to be a spammer. And so as you as you build out this platform, if you're going to be a video, make sure you're using really good equipment. Don't try and do this with a crappy old iPhone. Go spend some money and and then know what you're really worth because you have to know what you're going to do. Yeah, it's tough, but 
good luck if this is what something that you're interested in. And we want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the Southeast United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 120 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, programmers, and designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of businesses, schools, and government agencies. Our managed services team can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business's strengths. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. And if you enjoyed our show today, we're here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4, and the show reruns Sunday at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or would like to hear this or any previous episode, Check out our podcast, available on most every podcast platform, including Amazon Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Overcast, Player FM, Podchaser, and more. Be sure to subscribe when you're there. That way you'll be notified every time we post a new episode. And if you like our show or if you have any suggestions, let us know via text at 225-255-0431. And if you send us a question and we use your question as the question of the week, we will send you a free Tech Gumbo mug. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.